Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. If you're a children, you can church. Dun, 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 dun. All right. So I'm going to ask you to do something I never do, but, but that's cool. I want, you to, I want you to grab your Connect card. I very rarely like talk about what's actually on your Connect card, but I left you a space today. A space. And I want you to think about that space during the sermon. I give God praise by what? By doing what on a regular basis? And I just want you to think about that and marinate on that. Try not to fall asleep on that. And ask yourself, ask God to place upon your heart that thing that you regularly give to God. Now, we'll tell you that uh, I have been around or in Greenfield for 15 years total, and I've never heard a sermon about tithing. Someone before me may have, since some of you guys have been here longer than that, but I am not aware of a, uh, a sermon on tithing in the last 15 years. And so I, I really felt that God... Uh, months ago, I was, I was uh, praying over that thought, um, and not for the reason you might think, not because the budget isn't where it needs to be, all right? The budget is fine. It's not, and normally what happens in a church is we wait until the budget is a mess, and then we go to the church and we say, you guys need to tithe, right? This is the opposite. God has been faithful. You have been faithful to continue uh, to give God his due. But what happened, what, what really tripped uh, me up was there was a, a young adult uh, in his early 20s and he had no clue what tithing meant. He didn't understand that concept. And then I began to realize that as a spiritual discipline, we need to share that idea. We need to help people understand uh, for their own good, not to fill the coffers, but rather to help us, one, be reminded, two, to, for that next generation to understand the value of tithing and understand what Scripture says. Uh, a few examples. There's a lot of examples, uh, but I, I picked a couple. So we're, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk a little bit about tithing and what that means. And so when I, as, I, as I spent time thinking and talking about it. It's not about the motivation of it, but rather it's about the discipline of doing it. And for some, um, you may have already turned me off, right? I think sometimes people really struggle if a church uh, talks about finances. And I too, under I understand that, right? Because we, we, have, we grew up in a, in a place, in a world where if we get on TV and we see, well, just send your $20, just send your $30 and you'll be uh, touch the screen and you'll be okay and all those things. And so, so I have pushed back uh, as a pastor. And if you know anything about uh, me or you've spent much time with me doing ministry, you'll find out very quickly that I have pushed against 
um, putting an offering plate uh, when we're doing our ministry. So if you know anything about who I am and what I believe and the deacon board here, what they believe, uh, the chili cook-off is a great example. I have refused and pushed back every time someone has said, can we have a fundraiser during the chili cook-off? No, we cannot. Why? Because it's going to cost us something as a church, and that's okay. We are a part of the kingdom, and it should cost us something. And I'll tell you, the last thing I want to do is invite my neighbor who's not a part of a church and then ask him to pay for their chili. You know what I like to say? If you want to put something in the offering, come sit with me in church tomorrow, and you can sit in my row. Right? Meet me here. You don't have to pay for your chili. You don't have to pay for your car show. You don't have to pay. Those are, that's, that's not how this works. See, what happens is people in the world say, you get nothing for free. And so if you know me very well, you know that I have pushed against that all along. But I do believe that scripturally we need to understand what tithing means. And I hope in the next three weeks we will talk about it being a whole lot more than just uh, a few bucks in the offering plate, but rather our whole life in that offering plate. I, I thought I should have put, took a picture of like a baby in the offering plate, right? That would have been a cool picture. I want you to remember that our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You hear that a lot, right? You have heard that. That comes out of Psalm 50. He has and can, owns everything. It's not ours in the first place. You can remember um, Jesus getting frustrated with the Pharisees in Matthew. When they, it says, the scripture says they gave their 10% of their spices, their dill, and they, I'm sure they did it all showing and nice. And Jesus got angry with them. He says, you can strain out a gnat, but you swallow the whole camel. And in his frustration over the, the, the whole motivation of why they were putting something in the offering in the first place. There's so much scripture that talks a lot about um, tithing. What it means to give to God. This morning's passage, this morning's passage is in the middle of an argument, a fight. When God delivers Lot back to Abram, and he delivers all of uh, the spoil of war. These, these four kings had gone down through, and uh, spot by spot they picked not only uh, their food and their supplies and their cattle uh, and all the stuff they had saved and all their clothes and all this, they also got people. And so they would, they would plunder as they went. They would take over a city and take everything that was of value in it. Pick it up, and they would have slaves. They would take the slaves. They would have captives. And then they would go to the next one, and they would take. And they kept taking and taking and taking. And finally, they, they took Lot and all the things of Sodom. And when Abram heard that, he felt compelled to go on a rescue mission probably didn't have a helicopter. But he felt compelled to go and rescue his nephew Lot. 
and his family and to get back all that there was. And he took, I just think it's interesting, it took 318 trained men. I think it's really interesting that the number is like, it's not 300-ish, it's 318 trained men. And they split that group and they, they, it says, scripture says they routed those people. They routed, they took everything that was taken, they got back including the people, including the people that had been uh, trapped, the women and children. And Abram goes back and is on his way back when he runs into this guy, Melchizedek. Side note, totally a side note. We talked about it on Wednesday night. I want to encourage you to, to do some searching on Melchizedek. And I'm looking for his genealogy. So when you find that, uh, when you find his genealogy in Scripture, could you give? I'd love to talk to you about that. It's a pretty interesting side note. If you want a little more information, I'll give you. He shows up here in Genesis 14. He's also in Hebrews 7. All right. So, uh, so those of you who love to investigate things, um, I appreciate uh, all the help in that area. He runs into this guy Melchizedek, who is king of Salem and priest. Did you hear what Melchizedek brought out? Bread and wine. He, he brought out bread and wine. He, so he was priest and king. And he offers a blessing to Abram. He offers a blessing to Abram for the reason, for, for his, uh, his part in dealing with uh, this war and bringing Lot and, and things back to him. And in the process of that I think it's me, not the button. In the process of that, King says, give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. If you have a King James Version, I think it says, give me the souls. Give me the, the humans. Just, and that might sound weird to us, right? What he's asking for is, give, just give me my people back. The people that were taken away from me, I just want to bring them back. And you can have all the plunder. I don't need that stuff, but I want my people back. I want to get my people. You can keep the goods for yourself. And in the middle of that, Melchizedek blesses Abram. Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And in response to that blessing, Abram, this is the first time in Scripture, Abram gives a tithe or a tenth of his all. He gives a tenth of what he has. And he goes on, and we read that Scripture. He says, I'm not going to hold back anything because I don't want you to say that, I, I, um, that you made me rich. I'm giving God his due. I'm going to give God what is, uh, is deserved. And we always go to the money section, right? We always go to the, the church is asking for funds or finances. The church, the church needs that to keep the lights on. That's just a reality. But I want to challenge you. Remember this? this uh, I give God praise by what on a regular basis? By doing or something. I want to challenge you this morning to ask yourself this question. Am I tithing on my life? 
The pictures may be a little bit odd, so let me help explain what went through my mind this week. Are you tithing a listening ear for someone who needs to talk? Are you tithing an amount of time to help someone who is in need of uh, repair? That's what the lady doing the light switch is. Are you giving of that time that you have? Is that something you are willing to tithe? The bottom one on, on be your left, yeah. My left too, I guess. We got the same left. Just, I figured that out this morning. Are you giving of your musical talents or other talents? I heard a young man last week. I'm not ratting him out, but he's about seven. And I heard him singing a song, and he wasn't singing a song to tell me about it. He was telling me, he was like, did you ever hear about Danny Gokey? I don't know who that guy is. I'm not really good with music. And he starts to sing this praise song. And it was like this heavenly voice came out of this little guy. And I was like, holy cow, this kid is, uh, has a gift. And he was just, and it was like, that was really cool. And it reminded me that God gives us all those, those gifts that we're, we're required or, and should be willing to share of those gifts. There are people in this church who I know can sing. I can't. But guess what? I'm going to make that joyful noise in second service if I'm leading. I don't know if I'm leading today or not. It might be Brentley. I'll make the joyful noise. There are a lot of people who have way better noise than I have. But I'll make it. But I always think, you know what? There's so many people with so many talents that aren't being used. And that area just is, it hurts me because it's like, you have gifts that God has given you. I asked someone one time, I heard you, I sat behind you and I heard you sing. Would you like to sing up front? Oh, absolutely not. That would never happen. And I'm like, you have a beautiful voice that you can share and praise God with. And you refuse to give a tithe of that beautiful voice. We have those who learn or who have learned to play instruments. Let me encourage you to tithe on that gift. The fourth picture, is, and it's kind of cut off, is someone helping someone out of a car. And it's one of the ones I really appreciate at Greenfield. If someone calls me and says, I have an appointment and my ride, uh, something happened and I need to go in 15 minutes. We had it happen two weeks ago. I think I, I think I got off the hook because I was in a, on a phone call, but I come back out and Brentley's gone. I'm like, hey, where'd Brentley go? Neighbor had to get to an appointment and the ride got. We have people, we have a list of people who we can call who will tithe their time and energy and vehicle to make sure someone gets where they need to go. And so many people walk through this life thinking, I don't have anything to offer to God. And I'll challenge you 
that your talent is God's gift to you. What you do with that gift is your gift back to God. That's your tithe. I'll be completely candid with you. This, this is the easy way out. Right? We, gotta, we still have to pay the bills. But sometimes this is the easy way out. If I throw a 20 in here, I feel free. I feel clear. I'm good. I have, let me just, let's just talk about time just for one second. Do you realize there are 24 hours in a day? A tithe is 10%, right? So that'd be 2.4 hours of the day. All right, I'll give you the eight hours of sleep. So we'll take it down to 16 hours of awake time. Eight hours is what you're supposed to get. So if you're not getting it, sleep in a little longer, kids. So all all God's asking for is his 1.6 hours a day. Does that sound like a lot? If I talk long enough, you might get your 1.6 hours in here this morning. (laughs) If you come to Sunday school and stay for the Osterbox, which I encourage you to do because it's a really cool story and uh, I appreciate the ministry they do. And so I want to encourage you, one, to stay for Sunday school in the sanctuary Two, at 12.30, we'll be having lunch together with them uh, in the gym. And I just want to encourage you to do that. But here's the reality of it. We struggle to give God what is due Him. And I'm not for writing down every page or every, you know, (laughs) prayed for 30 seconds. Went to the church. (laughs) I went to work today. Right? I'm not for that. That's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking you to do is to think about. Think about where we give God the praise that he's due. And ask yourself this question. Am I tithing my time? Am I tithing the gifts that God has given me? Now, you may be at this point saying... This is an Old Testament idea. And the New Testament idea doesn't really say a tenth-ish can be construed that way, but let me challenge you in the next couple weeks. We'll talk about that. The reality is this. God has given us things, abilities and gifts. He has given us opportunities. Are we, what are we doing with those? Are we putting the right things in the right place? The Old Testament talks about the first fruits. That's a really cool concept. The very first uh, fruit that was, was, uh, was picked, was taken, would first go to be sacrificed. And like Francis Chan talked about, Right? Not the leftovers of what was left of the chicken wing. By the way, that was in Malachi 1. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Malachi 3. I want to encourage you. This is another place that you can read this week. Read Malachi because the prophet Malachi is, uh, is, is rough on God's people because like what Francis Chan said, he, they did everything they wanted to do and then if they had something left in their pocket, they gave it to God. 
And God says to the, the people, you are robbing me. You are robbing me in tithes and offerings. You're not giving me what is my due. Let me encourage you and remind you. I'm not saying God wants your money. God wants your heart. And where your treasure is, your heart is. Which may be a bit hard to take. He's not counting pennies. Well, he's counting his attitude. Are you holding so tight to the 20 bucks in your pocket? Are you holding so tight to the free time you have? Are you holding so tight to the gifts that he has given you? This has been my experience, and I'll just pass it along. The times I have given of the talents and gifts and finances in my own life, he has given more. And the times I've squeezed as tight as I could to the last 20 bucks in my pocket, well, you get a sense. I don't tell you this story because I want you to feel bad about it or bad for me or say, good job, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I want to give you an example. An example that a lot of you may already know, but an example that God worked in my life. 2010, I quit the foundry. 2010, I quit the foundry and came here. I still do not make the yearly wage that I made in 2010 when I left the foundry. I'm not complaining. I'm, not, I'm, I'm thankful to God for that whole situation. I came here for about half. And I'll tell you that I could probably lose, I probably could starve to death for a couple weeks. We'd be okay. So I wasn't too worried about me. But I was worried about my wife and kids, right? And the way God orchestrated it was really pretty funny. It was the next step, take the next step, take the next step, until I'm finally doing this candidate weekend thing, which I don't think is going to work out anyway, right? Terrified. And God's, <laughs> and you guys call. God's call on my life to hear. And there's one piece stepping, standing in the way of me being the pastor at Greenfield the first time in 2010. All I have to say is, Yes, I'll take half the salary that I had from before. Yes, I think I'm going to do that. And it was kind of funny because it was one of those like, okay, God, I'm about to step out off this rock and there is nothing hanging out below me. And let me tell you how it turned out. And I'm just telling you from my experience, this is not wealth or prosperity gospel. This is just complete honesty. I took a job for half what I was making. I still had at least two kids. I think we had two kids at home. One was in college. And 10 years later, I look back, and I cannot do the, the, the math. For I'm not rich, by the way. just want you to know that. But I, can, I can't do the math for how God has blessed 
in that way, in that he has allowed us uh, to have a bank account that's on the positive side. We had never really had that much, even when I worked at the Foundry. We had three young kids. If you have kids, you know what happens, right? It's like a big suction sound. <laughs> you know. <laughs> if you know, you know, right? Amplify. <laughs> God blessed in that time. Now, we got rid of all three kids, so that was helpful. So that's my recommendation. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just teasing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I give my firstborn. I gave all three. It was the best plan ever. The reality is this. I can't do the math and make it figure out. If I did the math, I think my, my mind would hurt. But I know this. God has blessed in a mighty way. Not in, in the, just the job I have, but rather in taking care of our needs over and above as we have stepped out. Sometimes in ridiculous ways. I'm not saying that so you give more. I'm not saying that so you give more time. What I'm telling you is I'm just, this is my life experience. God has blessed us so when we stepped out in faith. When we stepped out and we understood that he was now in charge. And we were going to have to hold on for dear life. And mind you, I am a control person. If you want to know what that is, I'll tell you, I'll tell you after service. Right? I like to have it all figured out. I grew up in a family where we paid the bills, then we bought the food. I understand that. I grew up in that. I understand that. God has supplied our every need. As we stepped out and were faithful to give him his due. See, I think the key to this whole thing, oops, that's a picture. That's another you want to, uh, that's a side note I'm not going to talk about. Rich Young Ruler, uh, Matthew, if you need a, if you want to read something, uh, Matthew uh, 19. I encourage you to read that. It's pretty interesting. This is where I want to be. I have to ask myself this. Am I giving God my best? Because God gave me his best. We jokingly say, I'd give my firstborn for that. God gave his firstborn for us. And all he's asking is that we, in return, would give him his due. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you this morning and we're thankful for all that you are. We're thankful for your son Jesus who came and lived that perfect life and went to the cross. Lord, you gave him up for our best interest. You gave him up and showed us your love. 
Lord God, that we would recognize your hand in our life and give you your due. In your name we pray.